anytime you decide to start something and it, it, it energizes you, if you choose to sustain it and to scale it, you have to put the right pieces, the right pieces and the right automation around it so it can still be sustainable and become active passive revenue. Active passive revenue. Yeah. To, Two different things? Yes. So there's, this is me. There's active revenue. That's where you are actively engaged in generating this money. Then there's passive revenue. I buy the crib. I put you in it. You pay me rent. Every now and then I got to send somebody over to fix something, but that's a property management company. So now I'm getting passive revenue. I buy a dividend stock. I'm, every quarter, every month, I'm getting something back. That's passive revenue. I ain't doing nothing. But then you have active passive. I start a company. I get the company up and moving. I put a team in place to run the company. I may show up 10 to 15 to 20% of the time or as needed. I'm active, but I'm not as active. And so it's active passive revenue. Got it. Yeah. But you got to determine that up front. So if you and I were the, the joint we were doing, if we said up front, yo, we know us, we're going to get this thing started. And we're, while we're building it, we're going to put the right people and the right pieces in place so that after we lose this energy and we see that next shiny bullet, we got to go get, we can go get it and still have active passive revenue. But that's crazy because it's going to take a lot of maturity and transparency and knowing yourself to say, I'm not going to be in this. No, I know how I feel right now, but I know my pattern. But watch this. This is the great thing about business and entrepreneurship. And you know this. It's a roller coaster, mm-hmm. but you don't know what you need until you get in the game and start playing. Yeah. It's like we coach. We got people. I'm going to give you a play. Here's the play. Most people you get a play to, guess what they're going to do? Fumble the ball. They ain't even going to get in the game and play. <laughs> right. Forget the fumble. Right. They're going to take it and be like, yo, that was good. And then nine times out of 10, it's just going to sit there or they're going to wait for another play mm-hmm. because they just love getting plays. Then there are some people that are going to, Coach Dave is going to give them a play. Then they're going to go to the assistant. Then the other assistant, they're going to get all these pet plays and they're going to get confused. Mm-hmm. The people that are successful are the people that take the play and go run it and fumble the ball. Mm. And here's the crazy thing. You can give me a play and you can give somebody else a play. Same play. But the way I run it may not work for me because he's faster and stronger. I might not be as fast. So I got to be mature enough to say, yo, let me run the play. But what is life? What is the market? What is the defense bringing at me? And can I be a creative? Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, where we find dope people that do dope stuff. Today is no different. This is my OG, man. This is my big homie. <laughs> Listen, go watch the first episode. And first off, I do a lot. We do a lot of stuff together. Uh, we did an episode a while ago, and then you came on and went crazy with the Social Proof Seven. Mm. We ran a um, a coaching consulting practice together. Still got some money <laughs> that you need to pull. <laughs> <laughs> you pull that bread out. Um, but yeah, man, Mr. Kendall Fickman, how you feeling, brother? Man, I'm just honored to be here. You know, like I was saying before, uh, excited for you. You know how people say I'm proud of you? Sometimes to me, proud means I didn't expect you to do it. <laughs> so uh, somebody said to me, man, I'm proud of you. I'm like, you think I can do it? <laughs> right. no, but I'm excited and I'm happy for you. And like I said before, because you're in that space, like that sweet spot. You know, it's like the it's a wide ocean and you just rain in three. Because you're in a place of your gifting. Where the, your gift will make room for you. Right? That's, that space right there has to be amazing. 
I appreciate you. Yeah, I no appreciate doubt, no you. Man. I, I've been uh, I've been mentored by the best. Oh, you know I, mean? I promise you, you, you yes. I've had, I've had a whole lot of uh, influential people in my life, and uh, you are definitely one of those people who, um, outside of business, mm-hmm. helping me as a man. Like it's, it's I don't like you'll just drop certain things that like don't got nothing to do with business, yeah. but. As a human being, those are the things that help you perform. Because if you are confident walking in the house with your spouse and your family and your yeah. kids, you'll be you'll be confident out in the streets working. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's one of those things. Which I want to ask you about the um, the G Men. Yeah. So I I remember when you first launched G Men, and I thought it was so dope. Because all of us was like talking about business and entrepreneurship and making money. He was like, yo, I need to talk to men. Yep. Why? Yeah. Um, since the 90s, I found a notebook that I had. Um, so I'm from Jersey originally. And I walked with Farrakhan in the 90s. And during that time, that season in my life, I had a notebook. And I wrote in the notebook, start a men's group. Um, I think we were going to call it BMU, Black Men United, something like that. But I had it all written out in a notebook. And some years back, I found the notebook from the 90s. It made it from Jersey to Atlanta. And I saw it. Now, you know how you know there's something that you're supposed to do, like it's tugging at you and pulling at you. But in my head, because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a businessman, I was like, I don't know how to make money doing that. So for me to put at that time in my immaturity, to put that time, the energy into it, not knowing how it's going to make money, I just kind of pulled back. And then there was this, that season in my life where I was still drinking, still smoking, still hustling. And I always been that cat like, I can't say something and not be living it. Mm. That's always, bruh, that has, that drives me bananas. So like I, sometimes I see some people saying stuff on social and don't get it twisted. I know none of us are perfect. And they saying stuff on social. I'm like, Mm-mm. no, 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 no. I just saw you the other day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But for me, like my whole life, even when I was dirty, bro, I used to walk with the preacher as an armor bird, right? And um, I'm standing right next to him on stages and people watching and you can't get to him unless you get to me. And um, I was going through some stuff with my ex-wife and I was dirty, right? I was doing some stuff. I ain't had no business and I felt guilty. So I went to the preacher. I was like, yo, I can't stand up here no more. I got to sit myself down for a while get myself together. When I say dirty, I was moving work. I was, I, we stopped right there. Why are you, <laughs> in, the, why Bruh, are you in the church? I'm talking about, they was in the church. Like I was, it was ridiculous. I was dirty, but I told him, I'm like, yo, I got to sit down because I'm dirty and I just feel, I feel dirty. Mm. Like for me, it was that, that thing. So when I was drinking, smoking, doing those things, making bad choices, my character wasn't where I needed it to be. I, I, I couldn't reach out to men and talk to them until I first got myself together because I, I really believe that when you preach what you practice, you got power to push things through. When you preach, preach what, you, what practice. you practice, not practice what you preach. So I was telling the cat the other day, he was like, coach, I got it. I got it. Um, I got to trust the process. I was like, no, 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 you got to work the process. I said to somebody once, I was like, yo, <laughs> hold on, hold yeah. on. Because that's a bar. That's a bar. Some people think the process is something you just need to trust that's going to happen to you. No, it's work. It's work. And so I was like, yo, just shut up and work. Man, you know, some people like, it sounds good. Yeah. Just be, be quiet and put the work in. And you could tell a tree by the fruit it bears. You could tell a man by his work. 
And so for me, I had to put in that work. So until I actually got myself together, I didn't want to be putting myself, mentoring nobody close up, saying, yo, do this, do this, do that. But in the truth, I'm moving work. I'm smashing and grabbing. I'm doing all these other things. And I ain't got no power. For me right now, this season of my life, I have the power I have in my life because I'm, 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 pre- I'm, pra- I'm preaching what I'm practicing. Goodness gracious. Right? So I'm working it. They don't so, like that. They ain't gonna like that message. Yeah, with Not the G man. But you know what we was talking about? It's like, yo, I coach. And it's um, I'm in a season now. So I said for you, like you and your talent, you and your gift right now, I found that spot for me. So, like you said, you you love the the manhood things I dropped, the life things I dropped. I came to a point where I was like, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur businessman for nearly hustler, legal and illegal, <laughs> for nearly 30 years. I've been doing this. So that that ain't the big deal for me. For me, it was what got me to close the leak in my bucket because I was making money, but I had a leak in my bucket. And the leak in my bucket was the bad habits that I have that when money would come in, I made bad decisions and it would leak right back out. Or I was, I was, um, and not just drinking or, or the other stuff, opportunities. Man, I see opportunity over there. Let me go get that. Let me drop bread on that. And it's, I take an L. So the, so there was a, the leak is, not just mismanagement of money in terms of like spending it on vices or whatever, but sometimes over over ambition. Yeah. Especially when you haven't completed the thing that you're working on now. It's immaturity because you can't just make moves and not think. Like you, anytime that we've made a move in something based on how we feel, feelings are emotions, they come and go. And we we definitely need to connect with them, but feelings are to be managed, not always acted on. How do you manage your feeling? You got to sit and think about it. I probably just had an opportunity come to me. I'm talking about it. It, it was sweet. It sounded sweet. Mm. And I was like, yeah, Matt, I'll give you a real one. We just invested in a lounge in New Orleans, right? We took a, a 30% stake. Um, sweet. Sounds sweet, right? They do hookah, so forth. Come to find out they can't do hookah in the, the zoning area. So that's one thing. Um, and you know, the people that we partnered with, they're young, first big business doing things and the city is doing all these different things to stop them. You know, it's a scratch my back, I'll scratch your back type of thing. So now we done dropped some bread and, and it sounded sweet in the beginning, but now it's a headache. So not thinking things through all the way and making moves too fast. That, that's a sign of immaturity going with the feelings. It sound good. Yo, and here's how it sound, man, if I drop this, I'm going to make that. My last barbershop I had, my wife told me, don't you get that shop? I couldn't afford it. I got rid of the last one. The rent, the lease on the new one was going to be 2600 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the passion to even cut hair no more, but I could put 10 chairs in there. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the pool table in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, it's 10 chairs at $200 a chair. And if we, if we just do half of the people. That's two, that, I ain't even <laughs> say the half. I had already had all the chairs filled. That's two times 10. That's two grand a week times four. That's 8,000 a month. I ain't never filled up all 10 of them. <laughs> Making emotional decisions. A couple of years ago, I bought, got back in the cleaning business. Remember I was on call? Bro. Yo, you was doing a lot too. You Say had it again. cleaning business. You had the, uh, Bro. What was it? It was like a landscaping joint. I was doing just- too much. Yeah. And I found something. I realized something. I'm like, I'm, I was allowing my feelings to affect the way I flow. So I like to say, don't let the way you feel affect the way you flow. And people think that's just, I don't feel like getting up and working. I feel sick. No, it's also those emotional feelings that come that say, hey, 
That piece of chocolate cake looked good. Good ambition. Mm. Ambition to kill you sometimes. What? And it will it will put you in lanes that you don't have the capacity to stay in. You got in there. Give me some of the issues that you when you realized what was going on when you realized, yo, what's up with you? And this is so dope because you've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. Yeah. And some people have been entrepreneurs for two years mm. and they feel like they got it figured out. And you just every time you feel like you got it figured out, it, bro. In this season, right now, the shift. Like, so I'm sh- when when we talked about G Man strategically. So I, I was clean. I'm like, yep, let's do it. Let's get it going. The day before I was supposed to have our first meeting, I was on the phone with my assistant and I was like, I was in my driveway. I'll never forget. I was like, I don't even want to do this. Because <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I'm clean. I'm I'm physically ready, but I don't know if I'm mentally ready because I know cats ain't re- It ain't like it's not an event. You can put an event on and people will come out. Mm-hmm. But something consistent that they consistently have to invest in and I'm different. I literally want people to get results. Yeah. You and I had a conversation about yeah. that one time. It affects us in a certain way. So I almost didn't do it, but I did it. And I was like, truth, I was like, yo, I'm going to do this because there's nothing in the marketplace. So I was creating separation in the marketplace because wasn't nobody bringing nothing for me. And so I said, got it. And we did it. We ran with it. We built it. I hit the road to build this. The back end people don't know. I got on the road from city to city with my the last book I wrote, and I would was doing men's meetups. And as they were coming in, if you buy a book, your first month free in, in the in the thing. And I built it up to 100 men, paying men. Mm-hmm. We still had people that were connected with us. We were doing um, retreats and, and, you know, I'm sorry, we were doing a 5 a.m. call every day. Mm-hmm. And I was, that's why I said to you one time, I don't know how you do that every day call. <laughs> um, but I structured it the, the way, you know, we had home base and we had people in different um, regions and so forth. And it was great. But then this, in business, it's cyclical. Things change. And if you don't adapt and, ad- and adjust and you don't change, you'll be taken out. So the season changed. Cats ain't really trying to, they ain't really. So we had to make an adjustment. We went away from all the calls. And not only do seasons change, as in seasons, season change, seasons change for us. Explain that. I went into a, I'm in, and I was coming into a season in my life where I ain't got the patience to be on the call every day mm-hmm. with a group of You're people. You're changing. My own changing. So the market shifted. That was one thing. But then the second sh- thing was my energy shifted. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. In every episode, it's a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. 
Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. My energy shifted to, I don't have the passion to do this anymore, to be on the phone every day, to be having my assistant chase people down for money. Like, I ain't got the passion for this anymore. So I had to make the adjustments. And out of nowhere, you know how some people say, um, I'm going to shake things up? I blew it up. Let me ask you this, though, because in... I think in every business, we're going to experience that. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll feel the, hey, the same. It's, it's, not, it's not what I thought it was going to feel like when I came up with the idea and started coming up with the logo yeah. and building out the website. It doesn't feel that way. So you fell out of love with it. And you could have leaned further in to it, though. So I didn't fall out of love with it. Mm. You do what you do because there's an energy that you have. Like, you're passionate. We ain't doing the thing we was doing before because neither one of us got the energy of the show. And it's that same thing. And in this season that you're in, there's going to come a time where the energy of what you're currently doing is not going to be the same. I understand. And that's what it was. As as my energy shifted, and I learned because there were times, there were seasons in my life where I would try to force pieces that didn't fit. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and the longer I stayed with something, the bigger my leak in my bucket got and I lost more money. Mm. So I've learned from playing the game that there's a shift. There's an adjustment. I got to run a new play. Yeah. And so for me, I said, let me run a play based on where my energy is. Yeah. I, was, um, I was meeting with a client one day. He happened to have his wife with him. This was um, a couple of years ago, maybe. And um, I asked his wife, what would you say his gift, his greatest gift or his greatest talent is? And she proceeded to say it. Then I asked him, what would you, what do you think her greatest gift? And she proceeded to say it. And it was cool. We conversed, conversed. And then he said to my wife, who was there, what do you think his greatest gift and talent is? Now, I thought she was going to be like, when he get that mic, he a beast. When he coaching people, mm-hmm. he's a monster. But no, she said, I think his greatest gift is turning nothing into something. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about it. My whole life, I just happen to be able to run my mouth. Everything I've done has come from me seeing something that needs to be developed, seeing an opportunity, seeing something and saying, I can turn that nothing into something. And then once it starts to turn, I'm good. I need something new. Yeah. Your greatest gift could be your biggest hindrance. And now, so what I learned is I got to take the gift so I can take it and run with it. But now I know I'm looking for that next high. My, now I have to say, let me bring support to continue that thing going. So with G-Man, I followed that same thing. I said, let me get a partner. Mm-hmm. And so one of the guys, Bernard, that was in there, he, he, had the en- he got the energy and the love. I was like, that's my man right there. You want a partner? And I, we had a conversation, but I waited. we waited a year before we actually did anything. We did the LLC, did the bank account. and. Because of that piece for him, he's a supporter. He's a sustainer. It now allows me to still have that and still run with it while I can go and do what I'm great at. Yeah. 
turning nothing into something. Man. Yeah. The excitement of starting something. Oh, God. I remember I was on the phone with Kendall. We we started this business and I was like, yo, this all I'm going to be doing. Yeah, no. Kendall's <laughs> like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like locked in because I, it was so intriguing. I'm like, yo, we need this, this business model for everything. I'm like, yo, I'm 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 just gonna drop all the stuff I'm doing. I'm locking in on that. He's like, ah, you gonna do some other stuff. This ain't, this ain't about to be your biggest focus. But if I, you remember, we had a conversation one day, and I said to you, um, I said, don't worry about this. I'll take that. You go do what you were doing, and it was this that you were building. I said because I see that's where your greatest energy is right now, and go do it. We just didn't have the right support people because I'm I'm like you. I'm looking for the next thing. But anytime you decide to start something. And it, it, it energizes you. If you choose to sustain it and to scale it, you have to put the right pieces, the right pieces and the right automation around it so it can still be sustainable and become active passive revenue. Active passive revenue. Yeah. To, Two different things? Yes. So there's, this is me, there's active revenue. That's where you are actively engaged in generating this money. Then there's passive revenue. I buy the crib. I put you in it. You pay me rent. Every now and then I got to send somebody over to fix something, but that's a property management company. So now I'm getting passive revenue. I buy a dividend stock. I'm Every quarter, every month, I'm getting something back. That's passive revenue. I ain't doing nothing. But then you have active passive. I start a company. I get the company up and moving. I put a team in place to run the company. I may show up 10 to 15 to 20% of the time or as needed. I'm active, but I'm not as active. And so it's active, passive revenue. Got it. Yeah. But you got to determine that up front. So if you and I were the, the joint we were doing, if we said up front, yo, we know us, we're going to get this thing started. And we're, while we're building it, we're going to put the right people and the right pieces in place so that after we lose this energy and we see that next shiny bullet, we got to go get, we can go get it and still have active, passive revenue. But that's crazy because it's going to take a lot of maturity and transparency and knowing yourself to say, I'm not going to be in this. No, I know how I feel right now, but I know my pattern. But watch this. This is the great thing about business and entrepreneurship. And you know this. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what you need until you get in the game and start playing. Yeah. It's like we coach. We got people. I'm going to give you a play. Here's the play. Most people you get a play to, guess what they're going to do? Fumble the ball. They ain't even going to get in the game and play. <laughs> right. Forget the fumble. Right. They're going to take it and be like, yo, that was good. And then nine times out of 10, it's just going to sit there or they're going to wait for another play mm-hmm. because they just love getting plays. Then there are some people that are going to, Coach Dave is going to give them a play. Then they're going to go to the assistant. Then the other assistant, they're going to get all these pit plays and they're going to get confused. Mm-hmm. The people that are successful are the people that take the play and go run it and fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy thing. You can give me a play and you can give somebody else a play. Same play. But the way I run it may not work for me because he's faster and stronger. I might not be as fast. So I got to be mature enough to say, yo, let me run the play. But what is life? What is the market? What is the defense bringing at me? And can I be a creative? All right, listen. Every single week, every episode, you hear me talking about the morningmeetup.com. It's the community. Let me show you what's happening here. Every single morning, Monday through Friday, there's 400 plus people on a Zoom call, right? We're learning, we're talking, we're growing together, and this is you. There's all these people here. It's all these people in the morning meetup. Hundreds of people reading books, growing, we get together quarterly. It's amazing. And for some reason, you just keep looking at 
Just go to themorningmeetup.com and get in the circle. And then you'll be like way happier. Just themorningmeetup.com. Let's get back to the episode. Yo, I because now I'm I'm thinking of a play. <laughs> Why we should have had this conversation a while ago? Go ahead. Because we'd still be running like yeah. this, you know, five-figure business. Oh, we're good. Let's run that joke. I got I got a play. I want to yeah. ask you, um, I want to ask your relationship with certain words. So yeah. I, I was actually telling, um, I was uh, facilitating Be Simone's podcast, and the word was sex. And I wanted to know their relationship with the word. And I was telling my own testimony where I was younger, as a younger man, you got these situations where you got like the two-man mission, you got the three-man mission. It's me and my boys, some girls over there, we're going to get together. It's college. That's what we do. No doubt. And there's been scenarios where I didn't want to do what we were supposed to do, but I did it anyway because that's what we do as men. Yeah. And I didn't want the ridicule. And I wanted, I wanted the bragging rights. And I wanted people, um, my other male friends, to accept me as one of the guys that can go out, you know what I mean? And yeah. go perform. Want to fit in. I wanted to fit in. So I had, a, I had a weird relationship with that word growing up. You know what I mean? It's, I, I've, I've never, I haven't been like the person who I just want to slay them all. That's never really been my thing. But there's been some sort of internal struggle where if I haven't, I can't join certain conversations. That's my, so I'll start with that word. What is your relationship? As if that word is a person, what type of relationship have you had with that word? Control. Control. And depending on the seasons of life. When I was younger, even like I've never had, oh, I'm sorry, one time, a one-night stand. I was about to lie. One time I had a one-night, a one-day stand, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was during the day. Right. Um, one time, and then even then, I was like, you know, at the end, as soon as you're done, as soon as you bust off, you're like, damn, I shouldn't have even did that. Mm. Been there. So for me, similar to you, I didn't do it because I was following the crowd. I did it because I thought that that was, uh, that, that was the hunt back then. And then once I caught my prey, there were times where I was like, I'm good. I ain't even going to smash. Mm. I loved the hunt. Mm. It was controlling me. This season of my life, you know, real talk, I don't, like, I probably could have had sex back then. I did, not probably. A lot of smashing and grabbing was going on. But uh, <laughs> I could have probably did it five days a week. Mm. Like, it's not the number one thing on my mind right now. So I don't let it control me. The feeling, I don't let it control. I know I'm married, so it's not about me anymore. It has to be mutually beneficial. But for me right now, it the word control connects me to it because... What I'm not going to do is allow it to control the way I move. That is another one of, I can't let that feeling affect the way I'm flowing. Mm. So now, and not just sex, I can't allow my drive for business to distract me from the sex. When I, I have to have rhythm in every, not balance, rhythm, rhythm. in every area, rhythm, balance. I don't even believe in balance. Because I don't think that there's such a thing as balance. But rhythm, mathematics, is how the world moves. Like, it's rhythm. So one and two. So it's one, two, three, four. So my entire life and my business, I want to connect to rhythm. Even sex. 
So I can't be all going out for the business and I neglect my wife. I'm out of rhythm. I'm out of step. That's like you dancing with your wife. She on two and four and you on one and three. You're going to be bumping into each other. And, but with the sex piece, y'all got to be on two and four. So we need to get in rhythm. So I'm not going to allow the sex or the business to control me. I needed to make sure I got my rhythm. Client. What's your relationship with the word? Service. Client? I'm big on service, bro. Came in from D.C. last night with a client. It was late. Had my assistant with me. Come out here because we got big weekend this weekend with some of my high-end clients. She like, let's go to Chipotle. I was like, cool. We were down on Camp Creek. I'm blowing them up. <laughs> it was late. They were about to close. Now, I'm big on service. Walk in the door, look in the back. My man's sweating. I'm talking about drip sweating. So in my head, I'm like, then he takes his cape, wipes his face, walks up. Don't say nothing. So I just stare. I'm staring at him. He's staring <laughs> at me. I'm looking like, he's like, oh, what you want? What I want? That was strike number one. Then I'm looking. They ain't clean the, the thing off. It just looked messy. I'm like, my wife texted me what she wanted. So I, I said, let me get my wife. Because at that point, I was like, I'm good. I said, let me get a bowl. He's like, we ain't got no black beans. We ain't got no black beans? No. I was like, All right, give me brown rice, pinto, whatever, chicken. Oh, we ain't got no corn either. You ain't got no corn? <laughs> so in the, in the midst of, you know what I'm saying? In the midst of it, they got all these things lined up. Now I'm big on service. I don't like other people's juices to spill over into my bowl. <laughs> so as my man is making it, he dripping. I ain't see nothing drip in the bowl, but it's the fact of the matter. So we get all the way to there. My sister get her stuff. We order my wife's stuff. And my bowl is sitting there. Get to the register. I'm like, just these two. I'm good. I don't want nothing. She's like, you don't want nothing? Nothing. And I immediately, I told my assistant, I'm never going back. Not just to that Chick-fil-A, to uh, Chipotle. No Chipotle. Service. Mm. I got one restaurant that I go to that I love the service. A couple, but this one. And after every event with my team, they're like, all right, we're going to go to the spot. We went last week and some people was like, yo, we can't come here again. I'm like, no, I'm only coming here. We had a reservation the night before. They called me and said, hey, Kendall, Kendall, mm. we had a power outage. Something happened. The whole area is down. We won't be able to, we're closing, um, but we can put you on for tomorrow. Right. Service. So when I think client, I think service, but not them to me, me to them. So the same service that I want is the same service that I want to give. And so in our core values, I tell my team, not just service, but extreme service. Yeah. Every one of our clients must get extreme service. Why? Because they're making an investment and we have to practice what we preach. Mm. Anxiety. Meditation. Um, I just realized anxiety is real. I, tell, I used to tell people, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. They lost their uh, niece to suicide. Mm. And I was on the phone with him. He was like, Coach, I, man, I noticed I didn't call about this, but I'm still feeling a type of way. And he broke down about the niece and the suicide. Now, in the past, before I got to this season of my life, I would say, yo, don't let the way you feel affect the way you flow. Get up and go get it. But as a mature man, and because I've experienced that type of um, feeling, I say, yo, allow yourself time to grieve and feel the hurt. Otherwise, that anxiety is going to affect not just your business, but it's going to affect you. 
And the one thing that affects everything is you. But hold on. When you said, take some time to feel the hurt. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. I don't understand. Um, so what we'll do is we'll say, um, you know, I'm grieving, I'm going through something, and we'll find something to mask a drink, hang out with the people, something to take our mind off of it. But I told him to sit in that thing, cry. You know, you cry so much at a certain point, you get tired of crying. Mm -hmm. You have moments, I have these moments, and if anybody else can relate to this, please don't make me sound crazy. I have moments where I wake up some days and I'll put my gospel playlist on and literally I'll just be crying, just thinking about different things, happy thoughts, sad thoughts. Really? Oh, bro, I'll just start crying until a certain point where it's like, all right, let me put this Jay-Z on. <laughs> and it's a, it's a complete. And so when you allow your sign, yourself, like there's a reason why I felt that way. Why I put that song on and run it on repeat. Once I allowed myself the time to feel it, then I came back to another space. And it's like, yo, I want another feel. I got this. Boom. So I was telling my man, allow your time to go, yourself time to go through it. Sit in that thing. Fully embrace it. Cry your eyes out. You're going to get tired of crying. And it's only at that point where you can get up and go to go back to work and do the things that you want to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So it still, it still sounds so foreign to me mm -hmm. because, like, I, I, I don't know how to sit in some pain. Why? I don't know how because it feels weird. I've tried it. I maybe haven't studied my feelings like that, but it's like, I envy that kind of stuff. So my, you can sit there for a little while, muster up some feelings and cry. No, not like that. If I wake up and I'm feeling the other day, I was in the car and um, I just felt a certain way. I put on a specific song. I got one better. Just Father's Day just back. 
I ain't never heard my uncle say he loved me. I know he does. He taught me how to ride my first bike, taught me how to play basketball. When I was young, everywhere he was with his wife at the time, I was. Kept me, took me on vacation. The whole, I'm talking about, and I look like him. Mm-hmm. I used to ask my mother. Come <laughs> on, keep it real. Keep it real with your boy. So he is, <laughs> he called me, I'm moving. No, no question. So I get there. We got there about one in the morning and flight delays and everything. Get there. He comes down, you know, and hugs me. But a hug I ain't never felt before. The extra hug. On the way down, I'm telling my wife, like, yo, this man has been a major influence in my life and I love him to death. Go through the whole weekend. I spend all day Sunday with him. Like I didn't, I only went there and I stayed at the crib. We go to leave. As we're leaving, I get a hug and like a little hookup on the cheek. This don't happen in my family. And I I get in the car and I just started crying. And my wife was like, what's going on? Like that, that feeling of love from a man that I love like a father. I allowed myself to go through the tears. And then five minutes later, I put on Jay. (laughs) But like even before we get there. So if something so when, you know, the situation happened with my mom. Yeah. My I did cry, but I did not have an experience of like sitting in it because my mind automatically goes. So, and this may be a gift of mine. Yes. Um, I automatically lean into the fact that God saw it fit for me to have my wife and my daughters. That's phenomenal. So I'm not really though, because I want to, I want to, I want to feel that. Like every time I feel like, like there's a movie on, I'm like, ooh, hold on, what's that? You know, like, you know what, at the end of the movie, right when the thing happens that's drawing yeah. the emotion, I see, what was the movie with the the uh, the deaf parents? The parents were deaf and the kid could hear. Could hear. I vaguely and remember that. And she had to that. do the sign. Yo, that movie was fire. Did you cry? I felt something. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I feel a little twinge. Should I cry? I feel I a little not? something. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I'm like, ooh, come on. Okay, what's happening? Let's go. No, no, this is literally what's going on. I'm like, ooh, it's, I, I feel it. It's, ha- ooh, this, it's happening. Yeah. And I didn't cry. It's okay. Keep living. I'm 37. Bro, I didn't cry when I was young. When I was your age, well, no crying. I was hustling. You still had some sort of emotion. I had emotions, but not like. I don't got that, man. It's coming. I'm 54. I just got. Bro, I just drop it. I can cry now. Bro, I, I, I did a keynote and cried. Really? And was good. It's just maturity. I don't know. That's not the right word. Just keep living and allow yourself to connect with you as you grow and develop. I want to. Yeah. And, and remember, it's no right or wrong. It's just about being. So it, it's an area in your life. It's the soulful mm-hmm. area. It's connecting with the inner you. It's the heart work. Yes. Just allow yourself to What keep, does that work look you're like? You're trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Girl, you don't know what this... You may have a vision on how you want. How, all right. How old are you? 37. Okay. You have a vision of what you want 47 to look like. Yes. Good. And are you preparing for that now? Yes. And yes. there are certain aspects of that that you can control. Yes. But there are other aspects that you can't control. Out of my control. So as you're preparing for 47 at 37, all you can do is what you can do. When life happens, life will show you something different 
and it will either either keep you on course. It could change the vision. You have to allow some wiggle room. And that's one of the biggest, the greatest things for me in this season is I hate flying for one reason. I don't like not having control. I got control issues. So in the plane, (laughs) when that joint shake, I can't fathom the concept of what you mean? It's a bump. We ain't on no road. Ain't no street. We're in the air. It ain't no bump. Turbulence. It's, it ain't right. <laughs> I ain't never thought about it. Yeah, you gonna mess me up on a plane, bro. Bruh, I never thought about the joint that. shake a little bit, and you know the dude will come on and be like, "Oh, we've got a bump in the road down." Which we ain't on no road. <laughs> we the in the air. It shouldn't be no bumps. <laughs> but I can't. For me, it's a control thing because if that joint starts to dip, I can't control it. Mm. So I've had to learn how to control what I can control. And in that, in my growth and my development, I've learned how to just allow my feelings to flow because they're going, they're temporary. They up and down. So for you, you have a vision of how you want this joint to turn out over the next so-and-so years, but depending on how you feel, you may change it. And that's the beauty in it. Don't focus on where you're going. Focus on how far you've come and where you are and just get better along the way. I like that. All right, so let, let me let me get into like your 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 business model. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know you do a lot of B two B. I only right you now only do B two B. So so remember when there was a period we were talking, I was like, yo, I'm going down the the other road, mm-hmm. right? So right now I just blew up. I blew everything up. I only offer one. All right, so I'm gonna tell you how I got this thing broken out. I ain't got I ain't got no sense. So and last year, seven figure year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's automatic. I, and watch this. I ain't even on what I make no more. I'm on what I keep. I'm not impressed with the seven after I looked at my P&L and I looked at what left. Yeah. I ain't, bro. Somebody said to me, coach, man, I'm, I'm about to hit seven figures. I'm like, how much of that you keeping? <laughs> just burst the whole butt. Like, I ain't even on that. And to be real, that shit just sounds good. Mm. Like, it's gross. Yeah. I want to net. I want to keep seven. Yeah. That's it. So watch this. And then, that's the one part. But then the other part is I ain't even on numbers no more. I'm on what do I need to live the 64-year-old version of me? What is the number? How much, how much debt needs to be paid off? How much passive revenue needs to be coming in so that I have freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of relationships, and freedom of purpose? I do whatever the hell I want to do. We want to jump. We're going to Africa next month. I just bought a new client from Hawaii. Mm. I'm flying down. First visit. It's face to face. Going to Hawaii. My wife was like, when we going? I'm like, we. <laughs> boom, boom, this yeah. But we going to Hawaii. <laughs> That's freedom of time. Yeah. To be able to flow the way I want to flow. So I ain't even on seven and eight figures no more. If I can get what I need at, at multiple six, bro, if I can get what I need at 50 grand, I'm good. <laughs> right. Because at this point, let's just be real. I mean, I, you just can't get what you need. At bro, come on. You know what I'm saying? But. So depending on the lifestyle that, I'm, I don't even want to say me, that my wife want to live, want to have, it's the wife. Depending on the lifestyle that she wants to live, I know what the numbers are. And it just happens to be seven figures now. Right. But um, I'm on keeping seven. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, my model now is because the energy and the passion of what I want to do. So I used to do, we, I used to say I work with entrepreneurs, aspiring, right? Those are really C, consumers. Because they're, they're what I call emotional entrepreneurs. They're just getting started. They don't have the mindset, right? So I went from B to C. Now I only do B to E, business to entrepreneur, mm-hmm. or B to B, business to business. I'm going to tell you how I separate the two. 
So I work with entrepreneurs who are doing typically, and I don't have a price point on it, multiple six figures, seven figures. I got some eight figures, right? And I'm working with them on something specific. They understand the game. I'm not teaching you how to make money. You already know how to make money. I'm teaching you my money model, making it, managing it, multiplying it, and moving it. Listen, if I was going to teach you how to make a million dollars, would you give me 10000 Like if I had a course teach you how to make a million dollars and you're positive, you're going to make a million dollars, would you give me 10000 Of course you would. It's no-brainer, right? So in a calendar year, we make seven figures with the podcast. But there's 21 things that I extracted from that that you're going to need to launch a podcast. But I only got time to give you three right now. One is you need a distribution platform. The distribution platform is what you upload your podcast to. That platform sends it to Spotify, Apple, Google Play, so that your supporters can actually listen to your podcast. You're also going to need a microphone. You need a really good microphone so it's crispy audio. And three, you need an income strategy. This is not necessarily a hobby, unless you're going to make it a hobby. But I can teach you how I made the seven figures with these 21 things. Now, the good news is you don't have to give me 10,000. My ebook is only 37 bucks, okay? So listen, go to podcastebook.com and get the 21 things that you need. And I I can explain it in detail, all the things that you need, okay? Podcastebook.com. Let's get to the episode. Make it, manage it, multiply it. And move it. And move it. So you wouldn't make it, multiply it. Got to manage it. No, no, no. You got to manage it because if I ain't managing it right, I ain't going to have nothing to multiply. Inside of management is let me take it. Let me put it where it needs to be. I got to pay my bills. I got to make sure my credit stays straight. Mm -hmm. I got to make sure that I know how to be a good steward over the money that I have and what's left over after that. Now, let me put it in and go out and produce like unto yourself and then come on back. Every dollar needs to be on assignment. So as I'm making the money, as it comes in, it's almost like it's going through a door. Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. Go down to the management department first. Pay whatever you need to pay. And then once you finish at the management part department, go on over to that Schwab department and go ahead and multiply yourself. After you multiply yourself X amount of times, come on back and we're going to start moving you around into the economy. That's the So as I'm multiplying it with passive real estate, stocks, think, I don't do crypto because I ain't got the, I don't have the, um, the patience for it. Yeah. But I, I multiply and then in the moving part is now we investing in commercial. So we get in a, a place in a, a boutique hotel in Mexico. We're going to Africa to do because I'm moving money now because money follows movement. So I got to manage it first. Think about all the people you teaching on how to make multiple six figures, mm-hmm. but they truly broke because they don't know that they shouldn't have bought them. Right, because it's uh, one of the most dangerous things you could do is make a little bit of money. It's getting tricked. <laughs> I went on a little spree one time, looked up, bro, like, and I'm looking at my numbers and I'm like, yo, I done dropped in the um in places I shouldn't at 50, 60 grand. And I'm like, I didn't even give that thing a chance to reproduce like unto itself. So I gotta discipline myself that before I go, I don't even want to buy it. I used to have a, a mindset when I was cutting hair. If it go out, it needs to be coming right back in. So now the mindset is when I go out on vacation, I'm going on vacation from passive. Mm. Now, I'm going to use the Amex because I need them points. points. I'm going to use the Amex because I need the points. And I'm going to use the points as I need to use the points. But during that cycle, that 30-day cycle, my money is out there reproducing like unto itself. So when I check my stuff, I'm like, how's the reproduction doing? (laughs) reproduction That allows me to make other moves. 
difference in the marketplace. So for me, I'm on business to entrepreneur and business to business. I don't have, I don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to teach somebody how to make money or the mindset that it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. I do have the mental capacity and the energy to share wisdom with entrepreneurs and business owners on how to be the best man or woman you can be so you can sustain and be better at what you're doing in every area of your life. Got it. Got it. Got it. So your, your objective isn't teaching people how to make money. You take people who already know how to make money and you teach them how to... Um, be fulfilled in the other areas of their life. So if I'm rocking with you, you already know how to you already know how to make money. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th, 
in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal the tools tips strategies and frameworks i give you should help you be a better day which will in turn help you make more money for sure that's simple so what do you help business owners do help their people they know business i know people so i work with their teams so i come in i'm working with you b to e b to b let's rock out i call that the owner's club okay yeah. okay i like that yeah. i like that it's the right. owner's club now you got a team it's dysfunction everywhere <laughs> <laughs> my team everybody's team like right. it, it is an everyday ongoing process so now what we're saying is you go be great you go and build the business. I'm now going to help you with the team. Mm. So as we're helping with the team, we're helping to create high-performing teams in the areas of communication, in the areas of productivity and performance. So give me some examples of some like some things that you've done for organizations and their teams. I was just in D.C. yesterday. Did a full-day session um, with a team. What would you teach? Um, high-performing, how to be a high-performing team. Right. And so basically it starts. We were at uh, University of Alabama one time and Nick Saban said um, every championship team is made up of individual championship players. Yes. On my team, I got to be. Remember I was talking about, well, I didn't say it as eloquently. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Saban said. Yeah, I ain't saying eloquent here. Yeah, I, I <laughs> came off with more frustration. Oh, you know I mean? And that's what it is. Every championship team is made up of championship players. Right. Now, watch this. Typically, somebody brings me in, they're like, yo, my team is horrible. That's typically not the case, even in my own case. It's typically somewhere along the line, I'm not giving the team what they need. For sure. So it's either clarity and vision, because you're a creative, because I'm a creative, because we're visionaries. We see things. It's in our head, but how well are we communicating that to the team? Yeah, for sure. Everybody on the team, it's like what we do in the fourth, right? With the fourth power. Everybody on the team doesn't have the same strengths, the same personalities that we have. So we can't just take what's in our head and just throw it out there and be like, now you go do this. As a leader, you have to get a scouting report on your team. And based on the scouting report, I now have to know how to communicate to each one individually and how to get the best out of my high performers. Yeah. And that then filters down. Am I communicating uh, uh, eff effectively? Am I sharing my vision? Am I giving them the proper tools and resources to max out in their position? Yeah. I was about to fire somebody one day. I called my HR person. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm tired of this. I'm about to cut them loose. I'm just letting you know. Mm -hmm. And she was like, um, ask them if they, um, is there anything that they need? to do their job. I gave them everything they need. <laughs> so I'm not being hard-headed. I did what the HR person said, came back and said, well, you know, you're asking me to do X, Y, and Z and I never, I was never trained on that. Mm. You were. I gave you, I gave you the link to go. I didn't, that's not how they learn. I need more help. I sat back and thought about it and it was like, ooh, they really ain't the problem. I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. So if you are being a, if an effective leader, meaning you know what the vision is, you're sharing the vision. As you pivot and you're making changes, you're communicating it with the team effectively. And you understand that you're slower, not slower, you're more even-paced people 
they're not going to move as fast as you. So I got to communicate it or and or incentivize them in a different way. So it's really about resolving conflict, making sure that there's proper communication and helping every individual team member raise their performance and productivity to a team. I did a uh, I did a training with a team, and it's it's it is effective having someone come in because they can see some things that you can't. Yeah. And one of the guys we found out just kind of through like the assessment, and all that kind of stuff. He don't want to lead. The organization has this person as a leader, but they have no desire to lead. So you can take that person and spend your time trying to get that person to be a leader, or you'd obviously have to demote them, and that's never good. Cutting someone's money, it's never good. Or you let that person go, right? So so I'm sure you've been in scenarios where you're... Let me ask this question. Have you experienced that it's easier to... um, Well, I don't know. Outside of you coaching other teams, you are moving at a certain pace. On my own team, I can give you a real example. <laughs> On my own team, um, I had, I've seen an individual that has been with me, and I want to put them in a position of leadership because of their loyalty, and they know what we've been doing. However, from a leadership perspective, they weren't ready to accept that role. It is at that point where I have to make a decision. Is there a space on the team for this individual while they're developing if they choose to? Now, because this individual does choose to develop and does choose to do that because of their loyalty and and what their value is to the company, I'll invest in that individual to help them develop because I know what the what the bigger picture is. But that's because we're communicating and they telling me, yo, I do want that. And I see that the potential is there. But if you got somebody that does not want to be a, in the leadership team, it just happened to happen yesterday when I was in. It's one individual didn't want to be in the leadership team. They just wanted to stay where they were. So when I talked to my client, um, he was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. You either keep them where they are or if they're not adding value where they are, then you got to make a decision and let them go. Here's the thing, bro. Like people think that letting people go is the most is the worst thing in the world. No. Two things. You're allowing your business to still grow and develop, and you're allowing that individual to grow and develop. Because if they stay with you, they're going to be stagnant. And you're not doing your job as a leader and helping them to grow and develop. Your job as a leader, for anybody that's on your squad, is to help them grow and develop. That doesn't mean that they're always going to do it with you. Yeah. yeah, I've had to let a couple people go, and it was in... It was in their best interest. One of them, like I just saw their potential, and they're just not, they're just not super, not focused on like the business at hand. And they got something else that's pop. It's it's, it's going, yeah. and I'm like, bro, I can't even. I gotta let you go for you, one, because like you you got something brewing, and if you lean into that thing, I promise you, that's going to grow. And it's it good. did. Yep. But if I keep the person around, they're just gonna be half working until that thing grows anyway. So and that ain't beneficial for you other. And that's the biggest thing that I work with my guys on and ladies on is when you say you want to start a business and you want to run a business, start it and then run it. Your leadership development and your leadership skills have to come with you developing great decision making skills. The decisions that we have to make. Mm. So even at the crib, 
is where we practice those decision-making skills. So in my house, we got it broken down. Who's the CEO? Who's the CFO? Who's the COO? I'm the CEO. Just just happens to be there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm the CEO. Are you? Yo, no, I for real am. However, my wife is the CFO. Yeah, I see how you like. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead. You can say it. It's okay. (laughs) I see the relationship between you and your wife. (laughs) I'm gonna do this. She runs stuff. It's okay. Yeah, we good. Yeah, yeah, we gonna do it. (laughs) But because she's the CFO, Mm. right? And and now watch this. As the CEO, even though she's the CFO and she's responsible for all the bread, I'm responsible for the overarching house. So I'm going to make sure she has everything she needs to make sure she's CFOing. She's going to make sure that I don't make those emotional purchases and put the bank or the, the account in jeopardy. But everybody has a role and a responsibility. And when you don't have that order and that structure, you can have problems pop up. So when there are decisions that need to be made at the crib, we have a conversation. And I always remind my wife, man, thank you for your input, but I'm CEO, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we make mutually beneficial decisions. But the point of it is we got to make a decision gotcha. in your business. I got to make a decision and watch this. I don't make decisions based on feelings. All my kids have worked for me and all of them. been fired. <laughs> I fired my wife one time. I hired her back a few hours later. But still, <laughs> ain't the point. Bro, I will fire you, give you severance and go meet you for breakfast tomorrow. Why? Because nobody or nothing is bigger than the business. This is how we eat. Period. I don't know if I have the emotional wherewithal to do that. You will because I'm in. A, I'm 54. I've been broke and I've been broken. And because I've been broken, been broken, and I realize I got people really counting on me. Mm. Payroll, my wife, my family. Like, I am that dude. You are that dude as the point man. People counting on you. You ain't got time to make decisions only on feelings. They play a part, but nothing is more important than the business. You taking me mad long to fire people, bro. Like, <laughs> like give, mad long. give it to somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then watch this. If it's taking you long to fire somebody, you ain't in your gifting. That means you taking time. I don't own a lawnmower. Even when I was broke, I ain't have a lawnmower. <laughs> I don't cut grass. And I got a lot of grass. Yeah. I hire somebody to cut the grass. I don't, somebody comes and cleans the house. We just brought in a chef to do the cooking. Not because I'm trying to be bougie. My time is more valuable. What you do is more valuable and more important than certain other areas of your life and your business. And you need to delegate. I'm sorry, I'm going to use a different word. You need to empower other people to do that so that you can do what you're great at and everybody that works with you on the team can do their job at a higher level and learn how to lead from you. Yeah. Golly. That's so hard. You, you pretty much treat your family like a business. Everything is a business. Everything is a business. It's life and business in rhythm with each other. So you up here, it's life. Down here, it's business. Don't matter. Nothing comes first. Mm-hmm. I lead first and I lead in life. I lead in business. But it's all business. Mm-hmm. I do the once a month. We do the, uh, the family day. It's on the calendar. You come. You do two hours. We do two hours. After two hours. You do two hours. This is the business. I'm out. Y'all can stay. I got to go. (laughs) We do a son's day. Me and Alfred, we do once a month. We we bring our sons. They can bring their friends, their boys. Most of them come late. They come late. After two hours, I'm out. 
I got to go. It's business. Why are you late? And it's, it's those principles that when you live by the principles, business is just a word. It's founded on principles. The same principles you live your life by, you run your business by. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like the late thing. If I do late, bro, if we allow and accept late, I'll give you an example. I had uh, my daughter, your girl, <laughs> had a meeting with her, right? It was a daddy daughter day. She was late. And I was like, I'm talking about late, late. She called. She said, I called. I was like, so? <laughs> what if I had a bag with 20 grand in it and you had to be here on time to get it? Would you have gotten here? 100%. Would you have made a better, forget that. Would you have made a better effort? So it's, it's not just that you were late. It wasn't important. And that's a problem. And so now what you're saying is anytime you think that something isn't important, you're just not going to give it the energy and the um, priority that it needs to get. But here's the thing. You never know when something is important or not. For you sure. never know what you're going to miss. For sure. And people ain't going to rock with you when you're late. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The effort. Right. And it shows. You know, after a while, you see through activity, the people around you, you see the effort. Like right. I think, and especially like relationships, if you can see the effort. I don't give a damn what nobody says to me. Like our relationship is so good. We ain't got to talk every day. We don't need to talk every day. It's our actions that keep the relationship going, not the talk. Yeah. My wife loves me based on my actions. She liked to hear it every now and then, but she hears it differently when I buy her something. <laughs> she hears it differently when I just cuddle up with her and we intimate, not sexual, but intimate. It's the action. It's the effort. People lie. You do know that, right? Yeah. It's lie every day. We see them on social media all the time. They're lying. And in the lie of the word, it affects the power of the relationship. I don't care about what you say. Man, hey, Father's Day. You got him too. Man, happy Father's Day. Man, yeah. thanks for being a... I, one dude hit me and was like, man, coach, thank you for doing everything you did. I did a voice note back and was like, how was, how was business last month? Did you hit your target? Nah, I didn't hit it. Don't call me with this BS. <laughs> like you, I can't tell my wife, baby, I love you. And my actions don't line up with it. Mm. I like telling your daughters, I love my kids, but you ain't spending no time with them. Yeah. But, but I'm out here getting this money for you. I need you to get it with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, I've been learning that lesson that I'm starting to bring my family around. I see more. that. Yeah. How, how's that feel? It feels amazing. And outside of the feeling of them being there, I think the coolest part is 
the conversation after we've been there together. It's not even the, so. While I while, like, I'll bring my daughter Corey with me, and she'll be hanging out, and she's over it, bro. Like, I'm, she don't. She would much rather just be at the crib. <laughs> but when we get home, the conversation. It's the conversation. Oh, mommy, daddy. Had me around this person. I saw this person there on TV, and mm-hmm. I learned this and that. I'm like, you was, you was on the couch, like sleep. Like I'm, t- I'm talking about just waiting to go home. <laughs> Where do you pick up all this stuff? But that's what she needed. All mm-hmm. she needed was that. Now I'm learning, like, yo, the result that I'm trying to get is the long game, not this game today. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to. I'm in preseason almost. Like these games matter, but I'm just practicing, getting ready for when it really counts. Yeah. And when it really counts. She not going to leave the bag. Yeah. 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 You know, it's so crazy. I was just telling somebody that my, my greatest gift is companionship mm. because I get to learn myself on a whole nother level. On a whole, it, it's not, I, I believe, I believe that my wife has made me a much better entrepreneur, much better leader. Uh, I'm starting to realize that I can say something. But I'm thinking, will this help? Mm. And it doesn't. There's no, there's no other opportunity than a spouse for you to assess how you think, how you talk, how you act. And it translates to business. That's why I believe, man, it says that most millionaires are married. Mm. Like a large majority of millionaires are all married to the first wife. Mm. Now, I ain't got the first wife. But you're married. Oh, figuring it out. Like, I firmly, like, it's, it's, bro, I got a tattoo. I don't even do tattoos. You recently got that, right? What? Yeah. What I, is it? First off, at 50 something, it's your first tattoo, Kendall. All right. 54. <laughs> right. I am adamantly, vehemently, uh, again, like, I, I'm good. I don't need the pain. Yeah. I don't mind people that got tattoos, but I ain't trying to hurt on purpose. <laughs> but maturity, right? So I got this thing that says, a um response maturity doesn't come with age. It comes when you accept responsibility. Maturity doesn't, doesn't come, come with, with age. age. It comes when you accept the responsibility. Okay, I like that. I like dash that. of everything that you're responsible for. Mm. So not just your business, but your wife, your children, your family, your friends, your associates, your employees. I got to be responsible for all of that. So I got this because my youngest daughter, she had a problem with me. I ain't even realize it. My wife come to me once. She called me and was like, yo, blah, 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 blah. Your girl got a problem with you. I'm like, what? I'm, she got things. She got her own car. She in school. I'm giving her bread. I let her go hang out. I'm thinking that everything I'm giving her is okay, but that's not what she needed. So talked to my daughter that night and um, she, starts, she starts breaking down and crying and sharing with me her, trying to give, share with me what her problem with me was. And it kind of boiled down to that day, time and attention and her feeling like we got our own thing, the way me and Kira got our own thing and, you know, stuff like that. So my wife said, why don't y'all go to therapy together? Because she goes to therapy. I was like, bet. I'm in my head checking the box. Mm-hmm. So we go to therapy and I'm trying to therapist the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you can't therapy. The I'm trying therapy. to therapize the therapist <laughs> in my arrogance, right? So I'm sitting there like, you know, like, even though I got a therapist, right? I'm just checking boxes. Mm-hmm. Listening, she's saying some stuff to baby girl and baby girl crying and boom, boom, boom. And it all comes out and it comes up and I'm like, boom. And um, she said, it finally came out. 
yeah, you're not vulnerable. And I think I'm an intelligent individual. Mm. I'm like, what you mean? Ain't nobody more vulnerable. I tell my, all my business to the point where my wife be like, you telling too much of my business. And then she said, that's not vulnerability. And I was like, humble. What is vulnerability? And she told me. Mm. It was like deep. Now watch this. A week before that, my wife told me, you ain't really going deep in your stories. Like, what you mean? You ain't really telling me how you really feel or how you felt when you were an alcoholic or when you stopped. And I started thinking about it. I was like, I literally had to ask the therapist, can you give me some examples of being more vulnerable with my daughter? And her and my daughter gave me some examples. And I was like, damn, I wasn't. I made a concerted, consistent effort to be more vulnerable, to practice it, to feel it, to find it. I'm talking about now my daughter calls me out the blue simply because I took responsibility as a father. And in that time frame, my intelligent self said, hey, why don't we, because my daughter got tattoos everywhere. She got, she's a super creative, different color hair, all that. Hey, why don't we get a tattoo together? I'm, you know, I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get a tattoo together? It can be our thing. She was like, yeah, I'd like that. I'm like, cool. So I'm not thinking of, we go to Mexico recently. And my daughter says, hey, while we're here, we can get that tattoo. I was like, <laughs> you sure while we in Mexico? Uh, lastly, for most of Yeah, I'm like, while we in Mexico, we can do that? And then she said, yeah, me, you, and mom. And it's our thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I don't like pain. So we go and get the tattoo and put all of our arms together and it says um, familia. And we were in Mexico, we did the, and it just means family. Mm. Got the tattoo, mine didn't hurt. You know, she was happy. My wife was at my granddaughter's birthday party the other day. And um, Kira and Kendall said, hey, we got to get tattoos too. And she said, they said, Lay, let's see yours. And Lay was like, no, 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 you can't get this because this is just mine's and dad's and mine's. Mm. You got to get your own tattoo. Mm. Because of that responsibility and maturity that I did, the relationship with my daughter went to another level. Man, go get tattoos. Yeah, go get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's no. that. no, the baby, everybody got to get a tattoo. <laughs> Yo, man, thank you. Did we? Did we? Something we ain't talk about? I don't. I don't know. This was good. I like. I. I'm, I want to go for, home, bro. For me, like, it's I like, really want to go home. I got like stuff to say to my family. For me, it's like, again, I've been an entrepreneur, businessman for thirty years. I'm always gonna make money. Like I had to come to the realization. Even when I was broke and I drank, I drank top shelf liquor. <laughs> Couldn't afford it really, but I drank top. So I had to come to the realization, you know how to make money. Don't get so caught up on that. Get caught up on becoming, being and becoming the best version of you. So I run. I eat right. I'm getting the glow back on my face. I, you know, I'm, I'm, physic- I'm physically, soulfully, relationally, and professionally making sure that I am performing at a high level. In those four areas, the physical is my eating and my exercise. The soulful is my connectedness and my commitment. The relational is family and friends. And the professional is craft and cash. Mm. And if I rock in those areas, bro, I'm healthy, I'm good. I run 100 miles a month in 54. Do you really? What? I ran a half marathon in February. 
I didn't ask you all that. What? Hey, bro. <laughs> now, I know you got your challenges in the gym because I, you know, I see how you and Donnie be on your head. Challenges, bro. Yeah. But watch this. I do it for one. This, bro, this is so good. I don't do it because I like to. No, no, no. I hate it. I hate running. I hate walking. I hate exercise. I hate eating right. I went to Jersey and had some White Castle and a chocolate cake from Cheesecake Factory <laughs> like and ice cream. Man. Like a grown man <laughs> supposed to do. But then after I ate it on Father's Day, I went out and I ran. Now, let me tell you why I do it. So, I've been running 100 miles a month for about two years, right? Coming in top one, two, or three people in the group. I ran the half a marathon. About three, four years ago, I, my trainer, I said, yo, I need to start coming to the house to train. In my mind, I'm like, I really need you to get my wife right. But I know I got to be there. So, time go by and, you know, training. I've been training with him for four years. I'm starting to see a change in the way I feel. So, I'm like, yo, let me really latch on to this. And then I realized that the people that are close to me make the decisions that they make based on my actions, not my words. So I'm running 100 miles a month. I'm talking about it. It's going out. My wife's mother is 74 years old. She got four children and 10 grandchildren. Last month, she jumped into the 100-mile challenge. Because mm. we're talking about it. We, I'm talking about, I'm, and I'm petty competitive. Last month, she jumps in. And my wife got sick last month, so I got the 75 miles and I had to stop, take care of her, wouldn't let her out of my sight. Her mama sending me pictures of where she is in the challenge, ahead of me, to my boom, in the challenge. Competitive and petty. So she said, I know, she said, I know you taking care, you know, of Karen, so, you know, I know you ain't going to jump in. I, I, bruh, I wanted to go take her out. Because <laughs> life is competitive. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.